Hey brothers, this is Just with Masonic Improvement. In this video I'm going to talk about why I returned the Freemasonry. Before I get started though, if you haven't already, please go ahead and hit subscribe that we can keep up with my content. Now what I'm about to talk about is actually a direct sequel to a video I made several months ago called Why I Left Freemasonry. If you haven't watched the video or read the blog post, then I suggest you go ahead and do that before you watch this video because it's going to uh, give you a whole lot of background into what I'm talking about now. This video isn't really going to be so much a story. There is a little bit of story behind it, but it's really going to be a kind of a list and a description of some resources that I found that really helped bring me back. I'm also going to go ahead and say that I never actually intended to make this video. Um, in the previous video that I mentioned earlier, I, I briefly hinted that I returned after I talked about why I left and I kind of just quickly covered, you know, what brought me back. But that piqued a lot of people's curiosity as to actually what was able to bring me back. And so, you know, uh, enough people asked and that really kind of got me thinking, you know, if it made a huge impact on me, if it was what I needed at that time, maybe it'll benefit somebody else. So for the story part, when I went inactive, um, my dad and my granddad were both members of the same lodge that I attended. And they were still going to lodge. So even though I had pretty much left the fraternity, um, I could have came back in time I wanted to. And my, my dad and my granddad, they kept inviting me to all the uh, events that were going on. So every time there was a degree or a meeting or any kind of practice or lodge activity going on, they would invite me and ask me to come. You know, nine times out of ten, I would decline that. And it was, it was one of these evenings after they asked me to go, and I declined, and I was sitting at home. And I really got to thinking, and I was I was really sort of dwelling on the reasons that I left in the first place, you know, namely this this disconnect that I felt between the ritual and the ceremonies and the catechism, and what was actually being practiced in the lodge. And so I really I really found myself starting to wonder if there were other people that were feeling the same way. And I remember I don't remember everything because it was several years ago, but I remember that I went on Google and I looked up you know Texas Freemasonry and at the time one of the top hits was uh, a website called oh, geez what was it it was called Masons of Texas and it's since changed its name it's now my Freemasonry and at the time they had a, a huge amount of articles on Freemasonry there was a the forum that was there and the articles really helped uh, initiate that that return because a lot of the things that that were posted granted there were you know links and copied from from other other articles but it was enough to really pique my curiosity because what I was looking for was there and, and it was telling me that there are other people that solve the same problems and there were other people that that were coming up with solutions and that really just kind of verified my hunch my curiosity because I wanted to like Freemasonry I really did uh, it's an ancient, old, and, and honorable fraternity, and and it was just what was going on. In the lodge was so different than, than, than this marvelous idea that I had of what the fraternity really was. So I got I got excited, and I I really delved into the research. So for the, the first resource I, I'm going to mention is the website My Freemasonry. It's it's, you know, it's been around a long time. It, uh, other things have come up since then. Um, there's lots of Facebook groups on Freemasonry. There's a, a Reddit on Freemasonry. So there's there's a lot more options than there were at the time for, for Masonic 
there's a bug swarming me. There's a lot more options now for you know Masonic Communications than there were at the time, but it's still it's still a great website. So one of the first little articles that I that I came across was something called the Seven Blunders of the Masonic World, and this is really a little article. It's literally like two or three paragraphs and a a short list of bullet points. But this list of bullet points at the time was like a checklist of all these problems that I was having at the time with the fraternity, and it really just I don't know. It's it's when it, when you when you find an article, and and everything that they are saying is exactly how you feel, even if it's really short. It really resonated with me. So that's the first thing I'm going to link, and it it was. I'm just kind of leading you through like the big things that I saw. Uh, the second resource is Dudes That Don't Anymore. And I've made a few blog posts and uh, maybe one or two YouTube videos about dues, Or I have certainly talked about dues in other videos even if they weren't primarily about dues. So I'm not going to get into that a whole lot because dues are kind of a... They're a, it's a, it's a deep rabbit hole right there. But there are definitely problems with the due structures in most lodges. Regardless, you know, if we want to admit it or not. And, and the reason I'm really posting that is because it was something that really wasn't a huge issue with me. But it was something I noticed when I was going through the degrees. Namely, um, how cheap it was to petition, how cheap it was for dues, how cheap all the degrees were. And it just it just seemed like really artificially low. It, it's definitely worth looking at uh, the due structure. Read the link if you, if you have the time. That's uh, great. The next one is Eight Steps to Excellence, The Observant Lodge by Brother Andrew Hammer. If the Seven Blunders of the Masonic World was a checklist of problems, uh, this article in particular was almost like a checklist of solutions. He, he very briefly lists many solutions or possible solutions to some of the problems that I perceived and uh, apparently other people have as well. And so it's not step by step. It's not like a cookbook to to fixing your lodge. I actually have one of those. We'll get to, but it's definitely worth checking out. Um, it made a huge impact on me at the time, so it might be it might be worthwhile to you as well. The next one is titled "Laudable Pursuit," and you know every one of these that I read, I cannot really express what a huge impact they made on me. So if I if I you know sound really like like this was like the most amazing thing at the time to me. It really was, but the, these all were. Laudable Pursuit was written by uh, a group of authors under the pen name The Knights of the North. So I don't know if anyone ever really figured out who they all were or who any of them were. But um, it's 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 a little bit lengthier, but it is, it is such an excellent read. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't agree with everything they said. But the main takeaway I got from reading that is that my lodge could become so much more than it already was. And that was so powerful to me at the time it's still very powerful to me and there's so many lodges that are that are so content with being average that can be so much more than that so that's such a great read the last article that i'm sharing with you is probably one that had the most impact on me at the time and it's called back to the future and this is written from the uh it's written from an australian jurisdiction where several brethren saw that all the lodges around them were in bad shape and they were all pretty much doing the same thing and nothing was getting better and so they looked at how lodges operate in Europe where lodges are actually thriving and, and being very successful they chartered a new lodge and then they adopted those practices into that lodge and this is almost like a step-by-step -step, uh, 
cookbook for how they created their lodge. And that's such a great start for someone who doesn't know how to improve their lodge, but really wants to push for changes. Obviously, you don't have to do everything that they did the way they did it, but it's, it's a great start for ideas and just general approach. In fact, there's a list of guidelines that they created for their lodge, not bylaws, but guidelines. And in my previous lodge, we uh, took those guidelines and adapted them. And, and at the time, we implemented them. I don't think they're being enforced anymore since I left, unfortunately. But um, it was very beneficial at that time. So there's definitely tons of great content in that article. And that's all the resources that I'm going to share with you. Obviously, there's way more good stuff out there, but um, for, for time purposes and just to prevent from bombarding you uh, with a ton of links, um, those are the primary resources that uh, really appealed to me uh, and incited my return back to Freemasonry. Uh, once I read all these things and I'd done the research, I was actually excited to go to the lodge. I was excited to get involved with the fraternity again. Not necessarily just because of the ideas that I read, but because... It proved to me that the Lodge could be so much more than it is. Uh, the fraternity could be so much more than what's currently uh, the, the state of things. And to me, it just kind of validated my, my, my feelings and my experience because so many other people had the same experience. Uh, you know, Mar Freemasonry is supposed to be something that's marvelous. And so many Lodges operate down here at the mundane level. And I'm not, I'm not bashing anybody. I'm not trying to bash any Lodges. But when you've been doing this for so many Masonic generations, this is the norm. This is, you know, this is how your dad's lodge was and your granddad's lodge was, and you don't know any different. And a lot of people might feel like something's not right, but unless you've had this experience or, you, or you've seen that other people can operate a lodge at this level, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. You're a product of your raising. And that applies to Freemasonry also. So if your lodge you're raised in is at this level and all the lodges you attend are at this level, um, it's just, you know, it's just the norm. And I think this disconnect between marvelous and mundane is why you have such a, a high loss in retention. Anyway, so that's all I have for this video. If you enjoyed what I had to say, please give me a like. I always appreciate everybody for, for, for watching and sticking through it. If you haven't been to my Facebook page yet, I encourage you to check that out also. I'll put a link below. Be sure you like it so you can follow that. And uh, I post a lot of content on my Facebook page that you'll never see on YouTube or um, on my blog. So um, you're missing out on a lot of good stuff there. So that's all I have for now. Uh, I'll see you guys in the next video. Thanks again for watching. You take care.